Welcome to your weekly dose of the Chris Perspective podcast. everyone, welcome to episode 4 of the podcast. A little bit late, but hey ho, better late than ever, hey? So, a little over last week up until today. So starting with last Wednesday, which was the 22nd, it came up on my Facebook that it was 7 years ago, last week, that Evra done the famous um, celebration in front of Suarez and Nathan's with the arm cut off. It's like who's going to bait it? I was brand that day. So funny. Um, I didn't know that Evra had received death threats over that. Huh, that's mental. By Liverpool fans and stuff because Suarez got that eight match ban. Um, but Evra's like a legend. How can you not hate him? Even if you don't, if you aren't near a fan. Um, Speed videos he has on Instagram. Uh, where he says, I love this game. It's fantastic, brilliant. So, I'll tell you a wee quote what he said about Suarez. I thought it was quite funny. He says, I don't hate him. I never have. I wanted to punch him at that time. I wouldn't hate anyone. And I wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't want with him on holiday but I can't hate him and um, at the time he was the best striker maybe in the world and you can't hate someone he has talent but he has signed a really iron body <laughs> I thought that was brilliant um, and then apparently when they met again so I think it was a year later or so or not so long after it and um, ever actually approached Rio looking for a face and how he would approach the game and Rio said, just be the bigger man. So that was the infamous handshake that ever went to shake his hand, Suarez refused. Fucking dick. Buck teeth cunt. Um, so, yeah, that's how we back covered. And um, then, any of you see the video with the guy in Kent in England? And um, this Egypt. Live streams himself, walking from his uh, pent to his balcony with a few guns, 
shooting in the air. And I'll play you the video. And obviously this is quite bad for a non-visual podcast, but you'll you'll hear the the pop up pop ups from the gunshots. video here's another video again I'll post all these links of the podcast so you can watch them yourself but this isn't the audio Nando okay a good song choice for feedback hit him up <laughs> this is what he's shooting I don't do Freddy's has been arrested on firearms offences following the incident. Images perpetrating to be him be from the scene show a man similar appearance to the shooter when videos been laid by police officers. Not that like. Um so also one of the I had a wee cycle around the waterworks. Um, only 4.2 kilometers, but hey, it's on a marathon in the day, you know. Um, then that night we watched the oldie film, Little Rascals. I think back in the day, me and fellow mates well, Little Rascals, Terrorized and Archival in Ardmore. <laughs> I think. Some some people listen to the podcast would would agree. Am I right? Um if you've seen that rascals or you haven't seen it in years. I actually never knew that um Trump was in it. He played if you remember the character Waldo, the fucking rich snobby kid. Um who also is identical to Macaulay Clarkin, which I thought it was. But upon a wee IMDB search, it's not. Um, but he's a spit image of him. Image. Um, could be a film, right? Um, also, in the Mermaids come up was three years ago on this day, which is 22nd. Um, it was a glorious day in Kirkston, Castle Guthrie, which is Newton Arts. Pity can't enjoy golf in this weather. I'm sure come our summer it'll be fucking shitty weather and be we'll be literally stuff and it'll be fucking quite weather. Love a game of golf, or even football, I haven't played football in years. Even for the side. Anyway listen to the podcast, he had a fellow side running before all this shit happened. Give me a shout. That he when I get back into it. Although anywhere but uh Calm Valley. For reasons I will not go into. But again, people listen to podcasts, but no why. So, 
moving on then the 23rd I had not Norway set cycle again it was a wee short one 4.7 kilometers 21 minutes average speed was 13.3 kilometers and the maximum was 40.7 and that we track was from where I live around some road and cut down past Girdwood come out at uh, Clifton Street cut across down to the Schenkel and come out at the Schenkel end of Tintin Street um, and then upon the right home if you're American was back at the Schenkel end but this time down Peters Hill I left up um, towards Clifton Street um, and that was the journey home so not really bad I actually thought it would be more than 4.7 kilometers but they are um, then we're heading into 24th which I believe was Friday I think yes um, it was me and Claire's second year anniversary together only way to celebrate right was it five past twelve that, that, that morning popped up on a bottle of uh, Mondelli Prosecco it was quite quite nice. Um, a few last glasses of them. Well, two years, eh? We got a soup cup together. Mental. Oh, a bit of pity. We couldn't tell a bit of a better style and been fucking confined to the house. But don't worry, we'll set up it properly when we're allowed to open again or when the bars open again. Um. Also find it by listening to the podcast it's on my Facebook or Twitter sector. Um I'm gonna put up a four K plastic. Loaded up with everything. Um I was gonna do a number from one to fifty nine, ten pound number, and all, all the proceeds will go to the NHS. So what if I fancies with a chance of winning a four K plastic with everything on it? The main server, backup server and the fods and ten pound for all of that and the stick. Pretty awesome like home bargains. Sorry, call offer. Um I was saying yeah, so ten pound a number and for a four K stick and everything on it, that's a bargain and a half. You wouldn't even get that deal in the home bargains. <laughs> um, we wouldn't even say it on a bucket hunters or flog it. So yeah, if anybody interested by a number, um, when all numbers are gone and all the payments have been made and finalised, um, 
whenever they are all accounted for, then that week it will be the bonus ball and that will be the winner. So, if you entered, good luck. And as I say, all the money will go to the NHS because they're doing a great service. And even before this happened, this coronavirus pandemic, they deserve the pay rise. Now I think they need to, and even double it, triple it, and then more some. Because they do a fucking bad job and those clowns and storm it in England. Muppets. Um, they're real heroes. That's your fucking average MLA cunt. Um, especially the MCM families. Did anybody see the video of your mom, Paul Maskey? Well, yeah. Um, so what else did that day? Yeah, um, but in the town, the queue from Tesco in Royal Avenue was right back until the new Yonanese mega store. Mental. Surely people don't need that much of a rush for food, like. Mental. Um, so, while I was waiting for the queue to die in a bit, pardon me, I went over to the phone medic store. Jason O'Neill's a little bit, like a screaming tactic. I've ordered, uh, I ordered one for myself on eBay, but it still hasn't arrived yet. Then again, can't really blame with the time frame for libraries nowadays. So, popped in, and he says, like, he would, they're normally, um, maybe £20 for both of them, but they're free at team. In cash only, so I was dead on. When I got cash out, I put out to, uh, Give him a tenner, and he can, and I went back to him. He says, "Oh no, I owned it. They were seventeen, so Masper feel it had bags and flowers and their fucking awesome hand. It didn't want to for change, so I was giving him a twenty pound. But when I got home, I put it on, and if anybody does know DS ten, like the Hawaii's now, they have a an on screen fingerprint scanner. The timer glass that." I had on it previously and um, was falling apart but it does have a cutout for your thumb or finger so you can touch the screen to unlock your phone. The screen that they already gave me was a field cover. I didn't have a cutout and it wouldn't read the um basically it wasn't high quality enough to read through the timber glass and the actual phone screen to read your phone. So I just happened to give him a, a wee quick message on Facebook to say like I got a screen protected her for S10 the guy says it was cut out but when I got home and I looked at it it wasn't cut out and the fingerprint won't work doesn't recognise your fingerprint so about half an hour later he got back to me and I'll, I'll actually read to you what he said Um, sorry for any hassle. We will replace it for you, but unfortunately, it will be next week. A store closes on a weekend. That's fine. No issues. Um. So on Monday, I went down, but this is about five or twelve, and they're still closed. So again, I don't remember hitting Facebook. And this says, "Hi Chris, fix you there after half twelve, but I wasn't hanging around for that alone." This is. 
Um, so when I go on Thursday, will I just call in and um, show the messages back and forth regarding streaming tactic? And he get, they get back to me and says, actually, I've been informed that um, he In the other store, they wouldn't have done that, in my opinion. And um, not only did they tell me to keep the original screen protector on it, but they're going to give me a new one free of charge. Can't bad at that. And um, well, I know someone certainly who wouldn't have done that, but I would say the majority wouldn't shop. So, fair play for medics. Actually, I'm happy to be reviewing that, which is brilliant and good customer service. Um, so yeah, I think that was a really good day, a really warm day, so when I got home, um, we decided to order our f food from our second home, as we call it now, Mumbai and Milano, again, I'm not sure the name, if you haven't tried it, folks, definitely worth a while, not only is the Indian really nice, but their steaks are delicious, top notch. Um, or as a friend of Patrick Lee would say, oh, here's the first class, first class, hey. Um, so we were waiting on them, we had fun with a free beer. Um, Claire had bought a inflatable blow up beer glass. Fuck me, it took me forever to try and blow it up. They got up, thankfully. So it was a wee, wee clear for a beer on the sacco in the front. Um, and of course, Freddy, it was karaoke night. Um, what we do is we the ones that go karaoke regularly, we have a, a Facebook group. It's private, only for all the karaoke ones. Basically, from the whole shutdown, I think the last karaoke was Friday 13th of March. Tentacles, but since then obviously hasn't been on, so we've just been posting videos every Friday up to it. Uh, I decided to post on my normal Facebook as well that if I see my glorious, glorious cover of Elvis, Cal Paul in Love, brilliant of that song, um, also covered by UB40, but they're a certain shade, no one could be Elvis like. Oh, you know what I mean? The king. Um, yeah, so if you haven't seen a video of me saying Elvis, check it out. Hard to watch, I must say. Some amazing singing. Multi talented. The old saying is, uh, you know, saying, check off all treads by the master of none. That's my.
<laughs> we're joking. Can't say anything for shape, but sure. It's a laugh. We gig. Especially when you get up. You don't know why people are clapping just for being nice or they're actually clapping because you make it awkward. I think it's more leather. They're just clapping because they don't want to be rude and say you're shape. <laughs> but, um, but anybody who hasn't heard Clara sing, amazing. What a singer. Absolutely fantastic. She can sing anything from Pink, Taylor Swift, the country music, to the Canterbury Zombie, Adele. She can do it all. There's nothing that she can't sing. So again, if you haven't seen her sing, there should be a few videos on my Facebook as well of Claire sing in Robinson's and maybe how to kill you off from her t-shirt. Um, well, it's held that day. Um, if anybody else know, will know there's a good mate of mine, Dean. He's like a, a fellow conspiracist like myself. He would know David Icke. Um, the majority of people who listen to the podcast should know David Icke, but um, he'd done a wee cover story on what's hap- what's really happening in car homes. So I'll play it here and let you listen to it. Again, folks, this is really bad because it's, it's, it's an old visual podcast and I'm trying to do, but. So, so. riding their bikes down the. Um, yeah. so this is in the music video. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome yeah. to the David Ike Dot Connector video cast. As we do every week, we're going to cover a range of subjects, things that have gone on this week um, during lockdown. Um, but you might see from the title, we're focusing mainly on what's going on in, in care homes in Britain and across the world. Um, so we'll focus on that mainly for the beginning, and then obviously then we'll work through some other subjects. Um, but first of all, Dad, how are you on the Isle of Wight, mate? I'm, I'm good, mate. Um, and, uh, you know, I've been uh, going out four days a week, uh, as I always have done, uh, to walk in the countryside. And uh, since the lockdown started, it's been like the Mary Celeste. I mean, the only thing missing has been an half-eaten meal. Nobody. But on Monday... Uh, when I went to walk in the same place every time, um, it was like a normal, normal day before in terms of number of people walking, number of people um, and families riding their bikes down the um, down the old railway tracks. I want to ride my bicycle. And, um, <laughs> there's more cars on the road here than um, it was. It was in my belief. Always have the software program people. They're all be the vast majority at least in just going to pause that speaking of that note <laughs> do you remember uh, when someone from Mortable done that and it's a big board chasing and beat him up he fucking shit his pants <laughs> oh brilliant remember you always saw a car and then someone you just hit him or try and go to him he always freak out <laughs> oh brilliant okay about the video the times we live who uh, the government presses enter and they react as the government tells them. But I think this this lockdown has given a lot of people who do have a, a mind they're prepared to use of their own, who've um, had time to consider a lot of things. Uh, a, what this is all about, because it, to anyone with, um, with any modicum of intelligence, it makes no sense whatsoever what's going on in relation to why it's supposed to be going. And a, 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 a lot of people are now beginning to reevaluate 
the world they live in and the forces that control it and to what end um, more than ever before. And um, I'm, I'm sure that will continue. And it should, because how long are people just going to sit here and be told what to do and watch their lives and their livelihoods disappearing, being yeah. deleted? You're right, David. Now by the hour. Part of people. By people who you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't trust to, uh, to run a fish and chip shop. I mean, Matt Hancock, the health secretary, to bar down. 66 million people what they should do. They should stay here and not do this and not do that. Have you seen it? And of course, he's just a gopher. What's happened is that there has been a takeover, uh, both sides of the Atlantic and across Europe and uh, the rest of the world by unelected dogs who technocrats. Because politicians aren't making decisions anymore. They're announcing decisions, but they're not making them. Oh, we, we, are, we are listening to the scientists. Okay, so I'm what's their Give me a point here, will you? Who are they connected to? I'm going to all day here. Bill bloody Gates every time, virtually. Both sides of the Atlantic again. And uh, so we are being told what to do. And we are being dictated to. Not even by elected officials anymore, which would be bad enough, but by dark suits who've never seen a ballot box in their life. And this has just happened in weeks, and so many people still sit there. And at the same time, oh yeah, but it's dangerous. The hospitals are near empty. The confirmation of this coming from around the world, including down the road from me here, I'm going to get into that in a minute because it's a microcosm of a macrocosm, St. Mary's Hospital on the Isle of Wight. Um, all, all saying, those that have the guts to speak out or speak privately, hospital's never been so quiet. And why wouldn't that be? Because A, there's not a pandemic, and B, because they claim there is, They've stopped all other operations and treatments and diagnosis consultations, and thus vastly. Yeah, like that's wrong too. Like, how can how can I prioritize someone with cancer or someone who has suspected COVID nineteen? Surely, like cancer treatment stuff like that should. Be priority. Obviously, if, if someone has COVID nineteen and they're really far along, that's fine. But they still should um, assign some sort of level of nurses to cancer treatment and care. I don't know. Well, here back to the video. Be more people, vastly more are going to die from the lockdowns than are alleged to have died, I say it's a re-diagnosis, um, from this so-called COVID-19, which kind of brings us to the care hubs. You know, when you follow the propaganda, and that's what you're doing when you're following government pronouncements, you see when another stage has been brought in, because suddenly everyone starts to talk about it at the same time. 
uh, uh, it's like in America, you know, you, you get a, a, a political talking point, as they call them, and, and suddenly everyone on all the news shows is talking about the same thing. And, and you see it's propaganda. This, and you can see this with this uh, so-called pandemic uh, propaganda. So the new buzz term in the last week has been care homes and nursing homes. Because now they're saying that, I mean, the World Health Organization, which of course is owned by Gates, <laughs> second biggest funder only to the United States, um, they're saying that uh, perhaps half the people said to have died in Europe from, quote, COVID-19, which they're already been testing for, it's never been isolated, um, have, um, will, will come from, from long-term care homes. And um, this has been, of course, the, um, the theme in Britain, the care homes. How many are going to die in care homes? Well, here's, here's a clue. Lots of people are going to die and are dying in care homes, but not from COVID-19, but from the effects of the lockdown. And what you, you bloody liars, are going to do and are doing is when they die of these causes from lockdown and lack of treatment, you are going to say they died from COVID-19 and your figures are going to go up to frighten the shit even more out of the population. Now, um, as you know, guys, we were contacted by a nursing home nurse and uh, I know you're aware of, of, uh, of who it is but um, I'm just going to quote what was said in the, in the um, communication to us yeah, because this encapsulates what's happening in the care homes and why eventually it's going to come to light that lots and lots of old people Shame. have died in, in these care and nursing homes and my books for decades have highlighted this agenda, not only for killing vast numbers of old people, eventually, the eventual has arrived, but even more forward projecting to have what the insiders of this cult behind all this stuff are called the demise pill, where people get to a certain age and then they take a demise pill go. Uh, because they are what um, Kissinger, psychopath Kissinger called useless eaters. These are people who've given their entire lives um, and lived their entire lives. They've paid tax their entire lives and they get to the end of their lives and they are given a pathetic pension that makes them choose between often eating or being warm. And then we're told we have to have the lockdown to protect old people because we care so much. Well, they don't give a damn. And what they've done is taken the opportunity, not just in Britain either, to um, get rid of loads of old people. Um, one, by not giving them treatment. And two, by getting them to sign uh, do not resuscitate agreements, uh, which means they can be allowed to die sure. and not um, revived. Don't so this is what this nurse said. And it captures what's going on. I'm seeing firsthand now what's going on at the nursing homes, including mine. It's murder, mate. I'm not saying it lightly. I'm willing, once this is done, to go on record with the bastards. If there is Ooh. any information I can give you, I will help. Well, I've seen firsthand now the community matrons and doctors following orders 
basically just denying treatments to residents on the account they have COVID. No test, no nothing. Not the test would matter because they're not tested for COVID-19, but for genetic material that vast numbers of people have in their body. But they're not even going through the motions of testing, Gaz. They're just saying, well, they've got COVID-19. And once that happens, they have to be isolated and all that uh, follows from that. And then when they die of other things, like lack of bloody treatment, oh, another COVID-19 death. So he says some... Like, that's true. Like, how many deaths are actually not related to COVID-19, but the pain down that and to scaremonger the population? I mean, people, people could just be down natural causes, but... Because you're not testing for other illnesses to go, oh, he had he had COVID 19, oh, she had, oh, her, he had. You don't know what they're telling you, you wouldn't know the truth. But people, I guess, whistleblowers, hopefully, will more and more will come forward. So we'll play the video game, please. Doctors are now not coming into my home to examine anyone. I've had absolute murder with people begging to be placed on antibiotics. In a few weeks, you're going to see dead old people all over the place. I'm done, me, mate, to be honest, once this is over. This is not why I became a nurse. Professor Bell, he died? That's what's going on in the care homes, and that's why large numbers of old people there are going to die and are Dying. So I bet I, I imagine the mainstream media have they ignored this or, or, or are they spinning it? Well, I don't think they're going to ignore it, Jazz, because um, they're going to want to you know, push this whole um, uh, death toll in uh, care homes to further fuel the hysteria of how dangerous this alleged virus um, is. But spinning it certainly because they don't want to highlight the fact that uh, old people in larger numbers are dying in care homes and nursing homes because of the lockdown. And, and here's an example. Right? This is a guy called Alex Thompson, who, from my point of view, shockingly, is um, chief correspondent of Britain's Channel 4 News. And uh, he posted an article headed, Coronavirus Causing Devastation in Care Homes as Pressure Grows to Release for Death numbers and of course when that pressure grows and they release the numbers it all be screaming out how dangerous this um, uh, virus is and uh, how um, it's killing all these old people uh, and uh, he said that one in five of all deaths in england and wales in the week ending april the third are linked to coronavirus with the overall death rate pushed to a record high. Well, Mr. Thompson, have you ever considered why that might be? Or do you only just repeat government handouts and government statements? Yep, probably. It doesn't take a great deal of research for a proper journalist to find out what is happening in these care homes as opposed to what uh, the spin story is telling us. Exactly. I, I got a, a, a message um, last night, actually, from, from a friend. I'll just get it now. Oh, and he was saying, I've just been sent this by my friend who's, who's an ambulance worker. Friend. Um, it says, mate, the coroner's just said they've had seven bodies they were meant to collect from care homes, but they cancelled and just took them straight to the undertakers. 
No post-mortem. Young Lord Pickle. Who you're fading. Marty. We spoke about this right at the very beginning. We... We're actually there. Pick up. Okay, Mum. Hey, Chris, tell him. Paul, tell him. Said that the lockdown would kill more people than the, the supposed virus. That was obvious to anyone with a brain. Um, and I it's not, it's not just going to kill old people, is it? Either. No, it's not. And that, that message is classic. I mean, you, you know, you know. Sometimes I could scream at the fact that um, scream, all this is going shout, on. People are beginning oh, to speak out oh, about oh, it, oh, and there, there are oh, all these people just sitting there. Never looking at anything other than a government statement. That includes the media, but it includes vast numbers of the general public. And um, when you give your mind away... This was on for an hour, folks. Why does that appear? Someone else right? takes it over. Link you and they have. Play with it. And uh, you're, um, you're absolutely right. I've got a story here. This encapsulates the, the vast number of people vastly more, way more than is even claimed to have been caused by COVID-19 are going to die because of the lockdown and because of the cancelled operations and cancelled um, diagnosis consultations, etc. Uh, and um, this one story kind of just gives you a feeling. It's, it's, it's from Britain, but this will be going on everywhere around the world. Thousands missing out on cancer diagnosis. Delays in diagnosing and treating people with cancer could lead to more years of lost life than with COVID-19, according to a leading cancer expert. A drop-off in screening and referrals means roughly 2,700 fewer people are being diagnosed every week, Cancer Research UK says. Cancer screening is paused in Wales, Scotland, and Northern Ireland, with few invitations sent out in England. Richard Professor of Cancer and Global Health at King's College London, said there was more fear. I mean, wait for this. This is uh, the scale of the psychological warfare that's gone on on the human psyche all over the world. Richard Sullivan Professor of Cancer and Global Health at uh, King's College London said there was more fear of COVID-19 than having cancer at the moment. With uh, general practitioner doctors more difficult to contact than normal, uh, try impossible for most people, this was resulting in a dramatic drop-off in referrals to specialists, he said. UK estimates uh, reckon that excess deaths are going to be way greater than we are going to see with COVID-19, even if you believe the official story. With cancer patients generally much younger, Professor Sullivan predicted years of lost life will be quite dramatic on top of a huge amount of avoidable mortality um, and um, the article quotes um, an example of a lady who's um, been diagnosed before the, the lockdown with skin cancer and then all future consultations on it have, have been cancelled, have been stopped. Sarah Woolner, 
Executive Director for Policy at Cancer Research UK, said it was of huge concern that there had been a 75% drop in urgent referrals by GPs of people with suspected cancer. How many of those people, 75% less than normal, who are not getting diagnosis, are going to die who would not necessarily have done without the lockdown. Exactly. And that's just cancer as well. That's not anything else. And here's, um, according to this cancer charity, Cancer Research UK, 2,300 people a week are not being diagnosed through urgent referrals. 400 people a week are not being diagnosed through screening. And she said, our plea is that we get back to some kind of normality as soon as possible. Most screening hubs are not sending out invitations, even though we have not had official words. Screening is effectively paused in England. Patients uh, are not seeking help. And then if they are referred on, uh, much of the diagnostic activity is on hold. And the story goes on with a large number of staff self-isolating at home. Uh, many cancer treatments have been delayed. A lot of services have had to be scaled back. We've seen a dramatic decrease in the amount of elective cancer surgery, as Professor Sullivan said, and that huge numbers of patients would be stuck. And this is a big area. You know, they talk, Gaz, about that the health services um, uh, must be protected from being overrun because of this fake pandemic. And therefore, uh, all these uh, operations and consultations have been cancelled. That's why the uh, uh, hospitals are half empty, or less than half empty, a lot of them. Um, but what the heck overwhelming pressure is there going to be on the health services when the full scale of the consequences in destroyed health in the population from these lockdowns unfolds? Um, and, and, and then where's the, where, where's the funding going to come from? when the country is basically bankrupt. Us, taxpayers. You know, wherever you look, you're looking at insanity. And in my experience of, of tracking these people of 30 years, whenever you're looking at madness, complete and utter madness, yes, there are people who are, you know, unbelievably um, inept, stupid and ridiculous, who okay. are the, um, the, 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 the gophers of the system, who just do what they Right, I'll stop it there. I'm going to pause for a second. As I say, folks, that video goes on for an hour, but I'm listening here for an hour listening to it. I'll just uh, link you so if you want to watch it. There's a link everything that we'll do in this podcast today. Um, right, moving on. A new day. New dollar. Um, 25th. Um, I'd seen a post on Facebook well, uh, I, he's a work with from Vodafone was saying about how he misses the Devonish and I commented saying that Devonish is shit <laughs> um, and then another fellow who I work with he knows the same fella Chris Devon he commented saying I should do a bit about the Devonish on the podcast so your wish is my command Chris I will mention the Devonish whether it's good or bad is no other thing um, at last, I finally have got it right. 
when they done the, all their rebranding and fucking redesign, it was fucking shit. And that bar and center circle and the restaurant cut off now. Nah, no good. But they finally got it. It still could be better, but the new layout's pretty decent. Um, I still think there has to be some divide between a restaurant and a pub. Um, I mean, what if you're with a family or you're a couple or you aren't in the sport, don't like football or we golf, whatever, and but you still have to sit there for your meal and listen to like going adults shout at the TV screen. Whether it be football, rugby, or golf, and um, I don't think I guess the layout's better, but they still haven't got it hundred percent right. And um, in my opinion, as I say, a restaurant should be separate from a main bar. Like that, everyone likes like sport. You know what I mean? People just want to go and have a nice meal. And um, again, the food has improved as well. I can't knock the food. The food is beautiful places and you always get good service and um, the only thing that is a bit slow and it's always been the case in Devonies is the cocktails they seem to take forever and a fucking day for the cocktails and then when it is busy they can't handle it regardless whether they've 10 staff on or 20 staff on the bar staff they can't handle a busy night um, even more so when they have an event and they make big call whether it be boxing um Charlie gig or whatever they can't seem to handle big crowds when years ago they used to um, I mean we all we've been going on from I would say 17 some people 16 get in but we all know we don't then they're all sound um, Big Liam John um, a few others Tully Blankman Memory, can't remember names, but they're all 100%. Now there's the dorm in there, fucking wankers, dickheads. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, it's the same, I just can't seem to manage. They're either understaffed or they're under pressure, you can't get, at times it would take you fucking 20 minutes to get a drink or half an hour, it's just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, that's my piece about Devonish, Chris and Daniel. Um, hopefully you never expect one. Like not a month, a minute much, but if I ever see you, Daniel, in, in the Devonish, I'll give you a shout and have a catch up. Tomorrow's off. Um. So yeah, moving on. Um, an article that I seen this past week and I'll post the link to if anybody interested and um, the CDC if anybody that doesn't know who they are or what they are just jump off cliff no I'm joking um, the CDC basically stands for Centre for Disease Control and Prevention and um, they actually have paid up a job advertisement Back in, I believe, the 29th. No, sorry. Did post it was the 11th. No. Fuck me. Can't fucking read of a sheet. 
the date the job was posted was the 15th of November 2019, right? Get this. The job title headline was Public Health Advisor in brackets Quarantine Program. Hmm. Now, I know that the break first happened in Wuhan in October. Okay. So why did they publish a job on the 15th of November, a month later, okay, and this is the best of it folks, it was only a short period of, of vacancy, so from November until the 15th of May 2020. So it was six months that this vacancy was only four. So does that, are like them like sold hands or clues and people are just being sheep and not, or if they are aware of this. Why advertise a job for that specific area and then have in brackets quarantine program and the period ranges from November to May. So I wonder if it will all come to a head on that date, if it is, or all of a sudden it just it's forgot about, just like Brexit was, um, the whole story of that. Um, but yeah, strange one. Again, I'll link the, the article. Um, so, moving on to another video. And this one was a friend, his friend is a nurse in New York. She didn't want to come on and have her face or voice recognised, so she had a friend to read out what was going on. Basically, the headline they seen it was people are being murdered in New York hospitals and no one cares. Now, I do love a theory myself, conspiracy theory, but I don't think they're intensely killing people in hospitals like. But, again, it's on the net, it must be true, right? So, I'll play the video. This is a wee short one, so it isn't like an on or off or anything. I'm sure I'm going to get some hate messages after this, frankly. I don't care, because this could save someone's life. Um, I'm a nurse practitioner. I am licensed and certified. I am not on the front lines. I have a friend in New York City who's on the front lines. And... For her safety, she cannot come out and say these things, so I am her voice. I'm not going to name names of people or hospitals for the safety of those involved, um, but this is her account, okay? I am her voice here. I'm going to tell you what she has told me. She wants this to get out. Now, I'm sure this is not the case everywhere. I, I'm confident. I, I have friends that are in other places. They're on the front lines. They're in ICU, and it's not like this everywhere, but... ICU? Oh, you joke about ICU. Where's the worst place to hide in the hospital? ICU. Boom, boom. In New York City right now, in some of the hospitals, this is what is going on. People are sick, but they don't have to stay sick. They are killing them. They are not helping them. 
She used the word murder. Coming from a nurse, went to New York City, expecting to help. Patients are left to rot and die. Her words. She has never seen so much neglect. No one cares. They are cold and they don't care anymore. It's the blind leading the blind. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I was on with some nurse friends of mine and we were discussing different medications that could be used to potentially help people. Doctors who were reporting around the country that they were using a combination of medications that were helping people. People were not dying when they were on these medications. They were getting better. Those medications are not being used in hospitals in New York City. What is happening is that they're putting people on nasal cannula if they require more than six liters of nasal cannula. They get intubated, they go on the vent, or they get trached if there's not enough vents. They don't get high flow, no non-rebreather, no non-invasive ventilation, no CPAP, no BiPAP. They're on a closed system, the ventilator, versus a CPAP or a BiPAP for fear that it will spread the virus. Which, by the way, I know a nurse in Florida who was fired for exposing that about CPAP and BiPAP and patients being put on the ventilator, like straight away to the ventilator, to be on a closed system. The patients don't know any better. They don't have family with them. There is no one there with them to advocate for them. So they are scared and they give consent. The ventilators have high PEEP, high pressure, which then causes barotrauma. It causes trauma to the lungs. Dr. Uh, Sedell, Cameron Kyle Sedell, a few weeks ago, put out a video. He's in New York City, and he put out a video saying something is not right, like we're not treating this correctly. We're doing something wrong. This doesn't make sense. They pulled his video from YouTube, and they took him out of ICU because they couldn't have one doctor going against the grain, going against their protocol. The protocol is pro- Yeah, like, why are they moving all these videos on YouTube? I mean, what happened the free speech? Yes, I mean, everyone, you don't have to believe what people are saying about 5G and coronavirus, but a lot of people have that opinion. Why, why take it down? It just leads to the question, well, if we're taking it down, specific videos about that, yes, I know, probably their side of the coin is that they don't want people calling hysteria or more pressure, but if a simple video saying this stuff, it's not going to do any harm, harm, so why remove it? That in itself is a bit fishy. Propofol, or some kind of sedation, because they're on the ventilator, and IV antibiotics. There's no hydroxychloroquine. They're not using that combination with Zithromax. They're not using zinc, vitamin C, high doses of vitamins A and D. They laugh. This is what she's told me. They laugh at that. She says, this is a nightmare. It's out of a horror movie, and I don't want to be a part of this. Halloween? There are people who are a full code, and yet, if they crash, they're not doing compressions because it will spread the virus. Full code, not doing compressions. Family is not there. They have no one to answer to. No one is being held accountable. A code was called and no one came. So sometimes they're not even resuscitating people. Again, left to rot and die. 
They're not given blood because we know that the blood is not oxygenated in these COVID patients. We know that. There, there are doctors all around the world sounding the alarms. These are the drugs that work. This is the pathophysiology of the, de- the disease. This is what's happening. And for some reason, it's not changing. Even though we know, some of us know what's going on, nothing is changing on the front lines. They stay in the same PPE, all shift, except for the top pair of gloves. So two pairs of gloves, or I don't know, maybe more than two, but they're only changing the gloves on the outside. Gown, mask, whatever else stays the same because all patients are COVID patients. So if it's a COVID floor, it's all COVID, but it's not because some of them are rule out COVID. So even if they're rule out COVID and they're not COVID, they're going to get COVID because they're using the same PPE all shift and they're carrying that contamination to all of the patients. They're not changing their PPE. They're not going into rooms. So they're running long tubing into the room so that they can manage the tubing from outside of the rooms. So if they're not going into the rooms, that means they're not assessing the patients as frequently as you would be otherwise assessing your patients. They are not doing rapid result tests. You're lucky if you get results in five days. Okay, this is coming from my friend who is in New York City right now on assignment. Who went there to help and this is what she's finding it's a horror movie she says not because of the disease but because of the way it's being handled she said we need help and people are sitting there waiting in the hotels money i guess being paid it's being paid for by fema and yet they're still understaffed and there are hundreds of people hundreds of nurses in the hotels waiting to be called on to a shift so there is manpower enough if the goal were to actually save people but resources are not being utilized properly or to full capacity in a way that maximizes the patient benefit or improves the outcomes the records and charting are crap and now some of these hospitals in new york city are probably crappy on a good day so you add in the fear of covid and the fear of the whole pandemic and forget it so you're dealing if you're in a crappy hospital with crappy nurses let's face it all those nurses have worked with crappy nurses before who don't care so now you add in this Forget it. And they're having people do things that they can't do. So maybe things that they're not proficient in. So maybe a nurse who's not familiar or comfortable with using a ventilator. And it's that figure it out mentality. Figure it out. These patients are critical and they're crashing. Figure it out. So nurses are being celebrated as heroes, right? We see how like the fire trucks and and the police are like lining up and practically having these parades and celebrating them as heroes. And don't get me wrong, I'm sure in some parts of the country and other ICUs, I have friends that are working on the front lines in ICU and they are good nurses. And some of them are heroes. But we have nurses being celebrated as heroes who are killing people. They are not heroes. And they're being brainwashed to think they're doing something great just by going to work because they're brave enough to go to work. Well, what are you doing at work? You're certainly not saving people if you're not even, you're not even running codes. You're not even going into patient rooms. You're a coward. You're hurting people. You're killing them. You're contributing to the problem. I know I'm going to get hate mail for this, and that's fine. Because people are dying who don't have to die. Again, there's no family there, so no one's being held accountable. And once these people get intubated, they're being scared into giving consent to be intubated. And then for a lot of them, it's over. And there's nobody going to be held accountable. And there's nobody looking out for them. They are completely by themselves. There's like a total lack of critical thinking. It's out the window. And people are scared to speak up. 
And one person alone isn't going to change the overall culture of a hospital or a system or a city. Like I said, Dr. Cameron Kyle Seidel's video was pulled from YouTube and he was pulled from the ICU for sounding the alarm and going against the grain. So people are sounding the alarm. It's just not changing anything, apparently. So what can you do? Buck the system. I'm really fortunate I don't have any family in New York City that I personally have to worry about. If there are people that you are worried about, or maybe it's not even New York City, maybe you're in another city that's being really hard hit and you're just hearing really bad things coming out of that city, buck the system. Something is wrong in the system. So go against the grain. Request records immediately. Records, transcripts, immediately. If there's a medication that you want your loved one to be given, report it as an at-home medication and demand that it be continued. That's just a tip from inside the system. If you want a medication to be given, you've got to report that it's an at-home medication and that you demand that it be continued. Your loved one is not going to have you in there advocating for them. Once they go in, you're not allowed in. The just only reports that we're able to get of what's going on are coming from the inside and people are afraid to speak out. People have lost their jobs. Do not give consent for intubation if you don't want to be intubated or your loved one to be intubated. Demand non-invasive or less invasive ventilation methods. As soon as you give that consent, you might not come out of it. Now, in some cases, it might be appropriate. We just don't know. We know that it's being used inappropriately in a lot of cases and that the ventilators are making people worse. Please share this video, make it go viral. People need to know this. This is the truth of what's going on from my nurse friend who's in New York City right now on assignment. This is murder, she says. People are being murdered and no one cares. Horrible care. I'll be sure a video about a nurse who's blown a whistle on what's going on in New York hospitals. Again, everything I say here, I play, don't take the way we've heard, go and do your own research, look into it. We all have our own thoughts and opinions and views, so then we hear the chance that I am that. But certainly do your research and look into it. Um, moving on then, um, as of yesterday, which is the 27th, um, that was a video it was about. Um, Folks, I forgot to add this end of the podcast, but you'll do it now and then I'll add it. And you won't even know. But you'll know I've told you. Um a good mate of mine is a ambulance man. Uh well not say his name for purposes. Um but I'm sure he have some quite funny stories, but he told me a few last night. Um he says that uh He was working Saturday night, and it's crazy to see Belfast empty. Um, there's people running for ambulances for anything, though. Uh, <laughs> one fella coughed after smoking a joint, so he ran an ambulance, and he said he ate COVID-19. <laughs> Another fella the same night had, had a chicken nugget too fast, and was choking and couldn't breathe, and again stated that he may have COVID-19. <laughs> Fuck only Belfast people are nuts. Um he says, mate, you've no idea. Um and he says I should get you on sometime 
for um some stories, I'm sure you some crackers, people have phone up for like needless emergencies. Um I'd say even the um hide his identity, I could dub his voice so no one knows him, but has to have to add it into the podcast so like magic it'll happen. Cheers guys. Holly Just happened to jump on the BBC News for that day yesterday and see what's going on there around the UK and the world. And it, <laughs> here's his headline Boris Johnson says this is the moment of maximum risk. And apparently, the government are going to pay swears <laughs> families of all and any NHS staff who die or receive. A sixty thousand compensation. Well, let's need some muppet. Let's see about her. You think it's good? Good morning. I'm sorry I've been away from my desk for much longer than I would have liked, and I want to thank everybody who has stepped up. In particular, the first Secretary of State, Dominic Raab, who's done a terrific job. Thanks to our collective national resolve, we are on the brink of achieving that first clear mission to prevent our national health service from being overwhelmed in a way that tragically we have seen elsewhere. And so it follows that this is the moment of opportunity. This is the moment when we can press home our advantage. It is also the moment of maximum risk, because I know there will be many people looking now at our current success and beginning to wonder whether now is the time to go easy on those social distancing measures. We have so far collectively shielded our NHS so that our incredible doctors and nurses and healthcare staff have been able to shield all of us from an outbreak that would have been far worse. And we collectively flattened the peak. But it hasn't, so hasn't peaked yet. Sure that this first phase is over and that we're meeting our five tests. Deaths falling, NHS protected, rate of infection down, really sorting out the challenges of testing and PPE, avoiding a second peak. Then that will be the time to move on to the second phase. If we as a country can show the same spirit of optimism and energy shown by Captain Tom Moore, who turns 100 this week, if we can show the same spirit of unity and determination as we have all shown in the past six weeks, then I have absolutely no doubt that we will beat it. Together we will come through this and the United Kingdom will emerge stronger yeah, well, I think I'll, I'll probably go on until 
way June July before lockdown gets lifted or even eased. Um an article I've seen <laughs> which is a bit mental. A pilot has been reported over NHS flight path tribute. So basically this pilot um flew over Berkshire on Saturday to just to check the test engine out. Um Whilst doing so, he mapped out um, in the air the letters NHS <laughs> um, over Reading, Newbury, um, Greenham. Basically, he mapped out the letters NHS. Um, let's just read it here. Um, it says... Aviation enthusiasts spotted the NHS tribute on the Global Aircraft Tracking website, FlightRadar24, which I use quite a bit as well. Um, the pilot had been reported to the CAA using standard reporting procedures. Um, so someone, someone tittered. <laughs> Brilliant. Doing something good and get tittered. I mean... Looking at the map, there wasn't many planes around in that, that airspace at that time, so it like no chance of questioning anybody. So you know why someone would go and spill beans that some pilot was mapping out NHS on the radars. Um, no article was um. There's. I know I've heard it before. Um, Amanda Spielman. She she wants that schools open again and children go back. Um, apparently, returning to school is children's best interest. Don't think that's a case, or uh, Amanda Love. Um, because like oh, anyone can get can get the disease, but surely. The old, the weak, and the young are the most vulnerable to this. I don't know. Um, let's see if I can find quotes. Let's see. Um, well, it remains the case, we think, that the contribution of children in school is probably less than functional for flu. We do think it certainly contributes. We're trying to work out what is the proportion of schools been open. And therefore, if children were, were went back to school, how much closer to one that's in the bad way will, will we be? And could, he, could it even tip us above one on what we can do? What the fuck's he trying to say here? Um, on Monday, Monday morning, Miss Spielman told the Education Committee, we have to accept that what we what can be done when schools are closed is very pure summer food for full normal education. Children are losing education and it's just not children who are disadvantaged or academic academically uh, behind as children without motivations. And it would be unrealistic for anyone, including me, to expect the vast majority of children to have made the same progress they would have made if they'd be in school, which is why I truly believe that it's in children's interest to be back in school as early as possible. Um, 
There are decisions around adults, adult health and infection. There are decisions around medical provision. Clearly this is a balance that, that is not mine nor the Department of Education to make. Um, but she urged schools to plan for how they could best return to normal education and making sure children feel that normality. Um, and she was on to say that we need to recognise that education has been substantially disrupted and will continue to be disrupted for some period after screens reopen, given what we know about likely expectations around social distancing and, sh- and shielding. Yeah, I mean, she's right at one point that kids are losing um, education, but I would say the majority of parents are home- homeschooling their kids and um, getting stuff offline. Like, you know, um, like for primary school ones and up, up the first year, there's free stuff on bite size. Just a site with BBC I used to use back in the day. So, I mean, there is stuff you can sell teach your kids, but I can see what you mean. Like, there's a difference between being in the classroom and being taught and being at home. Um, it's really down to the parents. To say, to say it there that people won't be motivated. Um, kids are about this. Again, it's a parent's job, but it'll be too easy. Same for people working from home. But too easy just to not do and go act on my term on home I'll do it the later the half an hour to an hour. It's so easy just to get sidetracked and do other things because you're at home. Whereas if you're in work environment or school classroom environment, you can't do the work, you can't just nod off and do your own thing where you can't run the house. Um another article that I seen was um some woman headline says, um, Pelosi says Trump should have shut the door to Americans, shunning them and calling a fast plague China. So basically, this woman called Nancy um, appeared on CNN on Sunday and said that, the, that Trump should, should not have allowed Americans to return from China at the beginning of the outbreak. When asked by CNN host Jake Tipper if she thought Trump made the right move by closing the borders, um, she responded by saying this, actually tens of thousands of people were still allowed in from China, so it wasn't as it is described as this great moment. They were Americans coming back or green card holders coming back, but there were tens of thousands. She went on the ad, so if you're going to shut the door because you have an, an evaluation of a uh, epidemic and shut the door. Americans don't make sense, I do. Um, I'll play the video for you. Fuck. Again, it's only a short one. There's one thing, one point of clarif- uh, clarification. I was, I was wondering. <clears throat> Vice President Joe Biden's campaign told me earlier this month uh, that he supported. President Trump's partial travel restrictions uh, on January 31st, blocking foreign nationals from China from coming to the United States. D- do you agree that it was the right move by President Trump at the time? Well, let, let's go into the future, okay? Uh, the, actually, tens of thousands of people were still allowed in from China. So it, it, 
it wasn't as it is described as this great moment. There were Americans coming back or green card holders coming back, but there were tens of thousands. So if you're going to shut the door because you have a, an evaluation of, of an epidemic, then shut the door. But let's go into the future. What the American people want is for us to have a plan to go forward. And our plan to go forward re, uh, addresses their concerns. Their first concern is that our our, uh, our heroes be taken care of. Our healthcare workers, our police and fire, our emergency services, our teachers, our food service people, our, our uh, transportation workers, our postal service, that they be taken care of because uh, they are taking right. risks to do their jobs. Secondly, they want their check. Where's my check? My direct payment, my, uh, my unemployment check, We're, and the, and, and the um, the checks from this PPP, they all not gotten them, and we have to have oversight as to how quickly uh, that could, that should be moving. And the third thing they do not want, what they do not want is right. any taxpayer dollars at this difficult time being used by the big entities that receive billions of dollars for anything other than keep people at work. They don't want to see any buybacks, right. any uh, corporate increases in pay, bonuses, dividends, and the rest of that. That makes them very angry. And we have oversight to do all of that. Protect our heroes. Okay. Uh, support our, our uh, workers. And we were very pleased in that everything that we did from the, from the first bill, the CARES bill, which was a corporate trickle-down, to our bill, which was a worker bubble-up. We've done four America. bills. We've done... Living on there, and all in a very bipartisan way. I'm proud of that. But we just have to have a path to the future if we're going. And so basically, she was just saying, "Shut the door on Martin, trying to get the fire from home." Okay, Nancy, our love, we'll do that. And. So moving on, bring us up up to speed then today, the 28th. And today has been an absolute mirror, if you can say so. Um went to cell phone last night. Guy came this morning collected, normal hold, it didn't work. So couldn't sell it. Can't get a fix. Too costly to get a fix. No profit being made. Um yeah, then out shopping today, when I came home, there was a sort of handwritten card from the police. I was like, right, that's a bit weird. But it wasn't addressed to me. It was the building and the flat, but was my name. And there was a number for a constable. Woods, Tiger. And so I tried to phone him. No answer. Tried to phone him again. It was voicemail. It turned out that this cop deals with child abuse. And I was going, why? They've obviously definitely got their own dress and one person. <laughs> I don't have kids. Um, but I tried to write him back a couple of times to say, listen, look, uh, you've got the wrong, wrong dress and wrong house. There's no person by that name that's ever lived here or does live here. Um, 
But we now just so left a voicemail, so that's always good. My home there, please note in your door. Um, then I'm while cooking my dinner, I burnt myself. Fuck's sake. Um, turned around and the curry had was starting to boil over, over the pot. So, um, Tyler grabbed it and in a bland panic, fucking grabbed the metal bit at the end of the fucking div, burnt my finger. So I ended up fucking my dinner being wasted because I spent 10 minutes under a fucking sink, cold water on my finger. Um, so there's only one question this week, folks, and it's by the good good friend Chris Leonard. Um, before I get into it, he did say about trying to do some impressions. I'm not doing impressions in it. Um, no one's I can do you. Well, I've done Marty. Um, <laughs> done my Willie. You want to see my Willie? Well, I'm not. I'm not my Willie. Um, it's a lot of brand getting chased by Liam and then shitting the brick when Liam, Liam caught him. Fucking funny. Um, oh, do you remember Jonathan used to chase us? It was awful. But he had like that palm tree leaf or something and he kept chasing us and trying to hit people with it. <laughs> oh. funny um yeah so i go on to record i do go on to the questions or well question from leo um go on to the site that haven't visited in a long time called sickopedia it's all just really sick jokes so um let's pick the best Scotty's medical advice, everyone should wear face coverings in public. Can they make this a permanent requirement for Jesus to and boil? <laughs> oh yeah, sick joke later like. Um He half never seen this for bed and we were younger than him. So am I, but then he's before calling the pedophilia. <laughs> I asked my wife to get me a green jumper for my birthday. She just hung up her frog. Okay, I've got to get any jokes from that. One time, turning home from holiday, the border control man fined me £100 because I lied about having 40 condoms while with heroin up my back passage. Considering the deep and intense cavity search, I had it was money well spent. Fuck. Moving on now. Um, speaking of impressions, do you remember that time about a castle? It was us two and against my dad. And, um, no harp. I was like, chat you on, chat you on. Oh. <laughs> and then the man the caravan, I said about the geezer, it was the thing that hit the water. Fuck, he's up laughing, but I was like, why are you laughing at? And said, geezer. <laughs> oh, fuck. Crack me up. Right, you're crushing Leo. He was your childhood crush. 
later on. Like, how am I talking here? When we're running by the street, or like, going from primary school to first year. Um, childhood crush. I don't know. Don't know, trying to think. Can say I won. So, answer that. I hope that's the conclusion that's for this podcast. So, if you would have had the man more, more time, more time, they are, but I see not 121. So, Look at it, pipe and suck it, see